Dynasty Podcast presents Dynasty Panelcasts, a live panel discussion with industry experts and innovative creatives. Hosted by Haima Black. No RSVP required. Thank you to everybody who came out here tonight to Chicago Athletic Association. And as always, thank you to Chicago Athletic Association for hosting us here today. Let's give it up for them because this is an incredible venue. My name is Haima Black. I am the host of Dynasty Podcast, where the first ever and longest running music podcast in the city of Chicago's history. Okay, that's out of the way. We get to the interesting things now. Uh, tonight's panel, how to create content that connects. So we are going to be talking about, basically, everybody's a content creator right now. Everybody's producing video or photos or events or a blog or what have you, but all that means is that there's just a billion people doing that, and it's very hard to stand out. So we're going to be speaking with four great creatives tonight who have found a way to make their work stand out, make their message connect with people, and we're going to basically be asking them, how in the world did you actually do that? So uh, running down the list here, to my left, Cole Bennett from Lyrical Lemonade. We have Emily Dahlquist from Canvas Chicago. Vincent Martel from VAM Studios. And Samantha Bailey from Brown Girls, the web series. So I just literally have to take a second and just say thank you because this is an incredible lineup and I really appreciate all of you guys being here tonight. I know I just gave everybody's name, but let's start with some introductions, talk about who you are, what you do, what your organization is, just so that everybody gets to know each other. And it, we don't have to go down the line in order. It's whoever wants to start with any of these questions. Uh, All right, well, um, <laughs> my name's Cole Bennett, and I own a media platform called Lyrical Lemonade. Um, I make music videos, I put on events, I own a blog, have a clothing line. And um, yeah, so the goal was just kind of to start in Chicago and, and you know, build up and take it beyond that. Hi, my name is Emily Dahlquist, and I am the co-director of Canvas Chicago. I also work for an experiential agency as a creative called Mosaic. Um, and then I have a couple other projects that I work on called Tonight in Chicago, Dollhouse, and Streets and Beats. Hey guys, I'm Vince Martel, and I run Vam Studio, which is a production company and online video channel for underground arts. Hey, I'm Sam Bailey. Uh, I'm a director and a filmmaker. Uh, I am a co-creator on Brown Girls. Um, I made another web series called You're So Talented, and I'm also the digital art director of VAM. Yeah, so like I said, incredibly talented uh, lineup here tonight, and everybody really honestly like exceeding the title of this panel by really creating content uh, that people really do care about. So let's just start with the biggest question is like, how did you do that? Like, how did you actually create work that stands out and, and found an audience? And again, whoever wants to go first. I mean, it's, it's, very, it's rare that I start a project where I'm like, how do I make a project to be successful? Like, that's not normally what I'm, I'm looking at when, I'm, when I sign on to do something or I have an idea to do it. Um, normally, I'm looking to tell stories that I'm invested in. Usually, that's around women and women of color. Um, and then from there, I just try to work with uh, collaborators that inspire me and who I, who I want to work with. Um, but it's, it's never 
it's rarely a, like the end goal is rarely how do I make this successful. It's normally like what turns me on artistically and that's what I go after. Yeah, I agree. And to go off of that, I think it's so important to uh, have those original ideas and to create content that doesn't uh, reflect the other shit that's going out. You know what I mean? I think if you create original content and content that matters to you, other people will connect with that and they'll vibe with it. Um, I think so much of art and film is uh, a lot of people replicating. Um, so I think if you can do something different and interesting and if you can do it with a message, then that's all you need. I think another thing for me too is finding people to collaborate with and bouncing off ideas without thinking about what other people have done or what else is going on. and collaborating with different groups, people that you wouldn't typically collaborate with, collaborating with those also who you are next to or sitting next to every day, and jotting down those ideas and growing from there. Yeah, I think um, the biggest thing for me is as far as making content connect, I think it's all about perspective. So whether it's putting yourself in someone else's shoes or even the biggest thing with me, it's like, what would, I, what would me as a 17-year-old want to see or want to be a part of or what event would I want to go to or what kind of video would I like to watch? So I think it's just about um, just like measuring demographic and, and kind of understanding your audience and how they would receive things. Yeah. No, I think these are all great points. Um, how much of the process for each of you, you know, especially in the beginning, how much of it was trial and error? You know, like how did you... How did you learn, you know, in each of your journeys towards the start? Uh, by fucking up a lot. A lot of yeah, fuck ups. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, my background is in theater. Uh, I was an acting major at Columbia College. Um, and it wasn't until I got, like, really tired of the roles that I was being asked to audition for. Um, it wasn't until that moment happened until um, I decided, like, oh, maybe I should make my own content because there are roles that I think women, well, specifically me, but definitely like black women are like really wanting to, uh, to tackle. And I was like, well, if I can write, I, I kind of feel like it's my responsibility to do so. Um, so my first like foray into filmmaking was You're So Talented, and I had no idea what I was doing other than like bringing images in, 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 in films and music that inspired me and like I said, like got me excited. Um, and I just learned as I, as I went. I, co-directed the first season of You're So Talented, directed the second season by myself, and then like, as I've continued to do projects, I've just been faking it till I make it. Uh, it's, it's been going well so far. Yeah. <laughs> I also think that um, my journey has been creating fam out of a frustration, um, being really fucking angry at the content that I was seeing, um, and doing something about it. I think, a lot of us, uh, we get frustrated, uh, especially in the art scene in Chicago, because it's, it's not like New York, it's not like LA, but there's something really special here. It's just, we have to do it, you know what I mean? So I think the first and hardest thing to do is taking that step. Um, and in doing so, you're creating content that, um, other, again, other people can connect to, but it starts as a frustration, but what are you gonna do about it? I agree with that. Um, leading off of frustration and looking at the people around you. I remember I was a lot of a part of a lot of live programming in college for 
on and off-site events within the college and stuff like that, and it was very clicky, and I remember always kind of feeling like, oh, I'm left out, but I want to be the one who's like producing these events or telling them where they should go. And at that point, I just kind of took in everything around me, and I think that's definitely an important thing to do at all times. And from there, realizing how I would want to create events or how I would want to create art or portray that art. And yeah, I mean, that's kind of where it started for me is like seeing what was around me and not being too loud, but stepping back and actually observing what everybody else is doing. Yeah, I think um, trial and error is so necessary, and I think understanding that is incredibly important because a lot of people think that a lot of this, this stuff that they're aiming for and these goals that they, they're you know, looking to achieve can just come overnight, but that's not really how it works. You know, just like three days ago, I was up to like 5 a.m. working on a project, and um, everything I'd been working on from like 10.30 to 5 a.m., uh, the next day I sent it in and we didn't even end up using that. So, you know, it's still something I deal with and I feel like, you know, understanding that that's just part of the game and the industry is so important. You know, there's just been so many different projects, events, um, you know, just, you know, little startup things I've done that just didn't work out. But the important thing to learn with, you know, the whole trial and error thing is is what do I do next to, you know, pick up and and not make the same mistake again. So I think it's necessary, but, but like I said, understanding, understanding that it's necessary is the biggest, the biggest part. Uh, Cole, you basically set up my next question, which is going to be that, you know, I, I see this a lot. I teach at Columbia College, and I see a lot where students think that they have to be successful kind of overnight, or they compare themselves to people on Instagram or, you know, Facebook or Twitter, and they think, oh, my God, why is that person ahead of me? But, like, it takes a long time to create any sort of messaging or content that actually is meaningful to people. Like, you know, how long did it take each, take each of you or kind of what lessons did you learn about these things not happening instantaneously like they might look like it on social media? Well, um, it took me a year and a half just to come up with the concept and build the team at VAM. So before we launched, there was a really crazy year and a half process of us vetting writers and vetting cinematographers and uh, editors and, you know, graphic designers who could, one, who believed in our vision, but also who can execute it in the best possible way. Um, so I think it's really interesting now that um, from the, an outsider's perspective, it can look like an overnight su success story, but... Uh, there are a lot of <laughs> there was a lot of shit going on before that launched, and I think that is incredibly important to take time to develop your aesthetic and your concept um, because once you get that down, um, no one can take that away from you, or they can try, and that's happened before <laughs> all the time. Um, but once you do it right and you do it well, then you should be good. Well, and Vince, really quick, I think that you know, on the subject of people maybe trying to take it away or, or step up to what you're doing. It's like the, the more meaningful you make your work and the better your foundation, the harder it is for somebody to take it away from you, right? Yeah, definitely. So anybody else, though, with the original question just of how long it takes? I don't know. I think, I think right now, like, the youth and the, and the culture and people, a lot of people, some people want it to happen overnight, but a lot of people have, like, realistic judgment on everything. 
Um, but I mean, just like everyone who's here, they're here for someone or here to learn something from someone who they look up to or a peer or a friend, whatever it may be. Like when I started, um, you know, shooting music videos, my biggest inspiration was this guy named Austin Vesley, who was on the last panel. Shout out Austin Vesley. Yeah. Um, so he, he, directs, he directed like all Chance the Rapper's videos, and that was like one of my biggest inspirations, et cetera, et cetera. So I would just go wherever I could to meet Austin. And I remember like going to like Juggernaut um, when Chance released Acid Rap and like taking pictures with Austin. They're all like, ooh, Austin's famous now. Or like, cause no one really was paying attention to him like that. And um, you know, now he's on to bigger and better things. He's about to release a movie um, in theaters and he's like a peer of mine who I talk to regularly. He's supporting my upcoming short film. So like, I think it's just, you know, kind of building off the question of, you know, not expecting it to come overnight, but like a step to, to see it come true, is just going out there and making it happen. You know, the people you look up to or, you know, your inspirations or influences, just going out there and, you know, building connections with them and just seeing things firsthand and how it works. And then before you know it, bam, you know. Patience is definitely key. Um, I feel like success never happens overnight. There's a lot of Late nights, like you said, 5 a.m. working, and something might not even technically come from it, but you definitely learn from it and grow from it. I think that everybody starts new projects. Nobody's on the same exact project, even if it's within the same organization. And from there, you're going to have your late nights. You're going to have your growing. But I feel like even if you're introduced to a new project, you're almost like an infant in that environment, and you don't know exactly how to do it right or you're looking up to people next to you who have been doing that for so many years and you feel like you're not doing it like them and you're like fucking up and shit, but you're not. Everybody has their own way of succeeding and everybody's success point is different to them. So it's definitely going at your own pace and then mastering that. And once you have that mastered, a level of confidence is definitely built within you and you can move on to the next project. And I think that's what keeps people evolving as a creative or as an artist, for sure. Cool. Um, what are some examples of, of campaigns, projects, online content, anything that you guys have done that worked really well? And why do you think that that particular example was successful? I think... Um Specifically for Brown Girls, uh, we really utilized our community and our like our ensemble um, really well. I think um, there was a lot of collaboration across mediums, right? So like Jamila Woods was our music um, supervisor, and there was a lot of artists that we used to, that we uh, showcased in the series. And by doing that, our reach was like was obviously bigger. Um, and so when we came, when it came to, for the trailer to come out, I remember Fatih just put it on our Facebook, like, "Yo, does anyone want to write about this?" And um, and a lot of people said yes. But I think that happened because our like our community and, and those connections within the community were being used like well, and we respected those artists and respected those people who came out and like donated their time or their art or their you know all their talents. Um, so for me, specifically because I'm from Chicago and, and I love Chicago and I always want to put Chicago on, uh, specifically like in storytelling, I want to utilize the city that way where it doesn't feel like I'm just taking something away from them but I'm also bringing something back. And then within that, I think they give me a, a lot back. Like Chicago shows up a lot for brown girls and, 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 and that's like really exciting to see and it's exciting to see how at first it was just very small like Chicago publications talking about it and then that ripple effect was 
was insane, but like we still, we still treat like a small like student blog the same way we treated uh, Fox News or W Magazine or anything like that. Like everything's the same, and we take everything because I think if you lay those that foundation now, people are more apt to come out and like help you for later projects. Yeah, I think I've been really surprised at how successful all of them's video content has been, and I think that has to do with something that I learned from Sam is you need a diverse team. Um, that's, I think, crucial to the success of, I think now, more than ever, your, your company or your vision. Um, one thing that separates us from a lot of different things happening in Chicago is not only how diverse we are, but how many different narratives and perspectives are coming from this one vessel. Mm -hmm. um, that, in terms, kind of what Sam says, expands your network, you know what I mean? There's not just a white guy at the head of this, you know what I mean? There's, there's a variety of different shapes, sizes, races, sexual orientations, and in doing that, uh, we found that it, it opened up a lot more opportunities than we ever could have expected, you know what I mean? It's like us working with drag queens, to rappers, to club kids, to the AIDS Foundation, to Red Bull, you know what I mean? It's all over the place, but I think that's the beauty of it. Um, so I would encourage everyone to do something that Sam taught me and, you know, uh, provide those inclusive sets. Make sure that your team is diverse. Make sure that they're pushing diverse content. You know what I mean? Because a lot of the time that's not happening. And going back to um, more of the campaigns a little bit, I think it's um, the artists or producers or the collaborators that are involved in your events or your art gallery, etc., is getting them involved in the promotional aspect of it and also connecting with them one-on-one. -on -one. If you haven't met them before, have them in your studio or in your office, as well as creating promotion for them. Um, a lot of things we do at Canvas is working with them to find an image or an artistic piece that they've already created and um, working with our graphic designer to create a promotional piece specifically for each artist who's a part of the event and letting them be proud of that piece and proud of promoting it themselves. Yeah, as, as far as like the, you know, the campaign process and everything, um, everyone wants to be a part of something special, I feel like, especially, you know, like right now with, with everything going on, everyone wants to just attach themselves to something or be involved with what's cool and, you know, what, what they want to, you know, hold interest in. So what, what I've done with Lyrical Lemonade um, since the beginning, you know, we, I remember my first event, it was like a 90-person show, a free show, and you know, everyone there tried to meet everyone and talk to everyone. And then, you know, this past weekend, we sold out a 1,400-person venue. And, you know, you see the same faces in the crowd. So if you involve all the people and the fans and the supporters with everything you do, um, it just kind of, you know, makes them want to be involved and, and makes it more like a, a, a family and a community. So, you know, I put on the, the open ciphers where I allow all artists of, of different genres or whatever to come together. Um, it's open to the public, and we put that on our platform. And, um, you know, just a lot of different ways to involve everyone. I think that's, like, the most effective um, campaign um, just to, you know, push things forward and keep everything rolling. Now, what about mistakes, either that any of you made early on in your journey or maybe mistakes that you see other creators making? Like, what should people look out for and avoid? Colla yeah. <laughs> we were probably going to say the same thing. Collaborators, right? Like, I, 
because I come from a theater background, I'm always, I, I, I like a team. I really want my team to be people that I care for and I ride for. And I think you can tell the difference between a team that comes together because they are all sharing the same vision and they love the project and they want to support that. And then you can see a team that comes together and they're there for whatever um, fucked up reasons, whatever it is. So while I like, I push collaboration a lot, I think it's like really important that it's not that you just collaborate with everybody. You have to be very specific about who those collaborators are. And there are people that like I ride for and I bring on to like almost all of my projects. Most of us, the VAM team. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and we work with each other in different, different ways and different mediums. Um, and that's worked out really well for me, but I've also had like really bad collaboration pro uh, like experiences and had to learn how to cut those ties and, and, know, and know when it's a bad thing, you gotta kind of like separate, separate yourself. Absolutely. And so I feel like I've learned how to do that quicker now. Mm -hmm. I can like spot that like bad energy on set or not even, it doesn't even have to be bad energy, just energy that doesn't vibe with my energy. Um, and that's okay too, like everyone doesn't need to work with everybody. And so I've been, at this point in my career, I'm very, protective of my circle and the people that I ride with and people that I work with and the people that I even like push other projects to on or like refer them to other projects. Sure. Like if I don't vibe with you and I know you have like shady tendencies, <laughs> um, then I, I really try not, I try to separate myself from that. Yeah, I would say that was my biggest mistake um, is, was thinking that I had to collaborate with everyone. Um, that's not the case. You don't have to. And in fact, I don't think you should. Um, not everyone is going to understand your vision, and not everyone is going to respect it. Um, some of the biggest lessons I've learned is opening my team and my ideas up to other people and feeling disrespected or degraded. Um, and I've learned that now, you know, you just don't fuck with them. <laughs> That's totally good, you know what I mean? I think in Chicago, we have this mindset that we all have to work together. And I think that's only okay if it's good and beneficial for the project and you're creating beautiful things and the energy is cool. Um, but that doesn't happen all the time. So be cautious and be protective of your energy. Um, now, I think more than ever, we're incredibly selective over who we work with and who we collaborate with. Um, but that took time. That took a lot of lessons um, from bad collaborators and bad um, partnerships and bad experiences. Um, but those lessons are great because now I know who I won't work with, you know what I mean? And now I know who not to refer people to and who I won't recommend my team to work for or work with. Um, and that protects their energy and ours. I think um, writing down your mistakes into everybody you have your own mistakes and your own successes again, writing down your mistakes and making sure that they don't happen again is really important. Um, some mistakes I've made is just not educating myself enough on something before I jump into it. So like that overnight theory we were talking about how you want something so bad and you want it to come overnight. Um, you know, so, so you're jumping into something without really educating yourself how you should be. So it's like I've thrown shows that, that did awful, and I've, you know, I did different things and worked on different projects that didn't work out how I planned it in my head. Um, so, you know, the next time around, going back to trial and error, you know, you, you pick up from your mistakes, and then it's next time around, you're never going to make the same mistake again. And that kind of also builds into, you know, the people around you, um, so on and so forth. You, you, you know, you learn what type of energy you want to have around you, and you learn um, the type of circle that you need to, to really push things forward in the direction that, you know, your, your vision really, really is supposed to follow. Also, just really quick, 
I think the, the best revenge um, that you can have is by doing great work. You know what I mean? You don't have to be petty. You don't have to respond to you know, bad energy or horrible emails. You know what I mean? Just do good work. Just do work that you believe in and focus on that. Your success, that's your revenge. You know what I mean? Um, and that's something I believe in and that I push. I agree. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, kind of switching gears here, obviously all four of you are based in Chicago, and this is something we talk about a lot on these panels, a lot in Dynasty podcasts, but what are the advantages of being a creative, doing creative work in Chicago right now versus trying to you know, activate events, online content, video, et cetera, in New York, LA, or any other city? Well, I'm actually, I'm splitting my, I'm in the beginning of splitting my time between L.A. and Chicago right now. You're like tri-coastal. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I found, like, that, that there is positives and negatives to all of that, right? Like, Chicago is my soul city. It's where I grew up in Logan Square. So, like, that's always going to be um, where I want to create art and where, what I want to tell stories about. Um, and I think the collaboration, especially on film sets, like, I can't find that in other cities. I feel like being able to, like, call up Hannah Welliver or Mateo and, like, getting these, like, cinematographers that I really vibe with on, a, on like, low, on a um, short notice is something that I can't do in L.A. Um, but I can't get paid in Chicago, right? So, like, I also have to, get, I have to go to L.A. to make certain um, deals there and then hopefully then take my work back to Chicago and actually make the work there. Um, so I'm learning actually how to juggle all of that, and, and I'm like, at the beginning of that right now. And it's, 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 it's definitely a trial by error situation. Absolutely. I think uh, one really beautiful thing about Chicago is that it has so much potential. Um, Chicago's a gold mine right now, and there are a lot of things that uh, a lot of people I know are doing that Chicago has never seen before. Um, that to me is incredibly exciting. And I think that's something that we can't get in New York or LA. Um, it's already been done, you know what I mean? Or it's been done multiple times. So let's do something different and new. Let's experiment, let's push the boundaries um, because we, we have the opportunity to. And I think like if you find the right community, uh, you'll have a really, really strong following, especially in Chicago. Um, I feel like Chicago has this, I always say that Chicago has like a blue collar mentality of attacking art, which is kind of just, for the most part, put your head down and do the work. And I think that's something that you, you don't see in New York and you don't see in LA. I think people are always, are very preoccupied with being put on. Um, and if that was the case, if, if the beginnings of all of my projects was just me trying to get famous or get press or whatever like or that. Or money. Or money, like the work wouldn't, wouldn't happen. Um, but Chicago, there's a real investment in actually building something from the ground up and, and not trying to get take the elevator up there, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah, and, and then as you go more, I think you, should get, I think you should get paid for your work. I think everyone should get paid for their work. Everyone should get fucking <laughs> yeah. paid is, I, I think, what you should walk away with this. I think um, when anyone thinks of, like, these major markets as far as, like, the creative industry is concerned, you think of New York <laughs> and L.A. Um, you know, there's a few other markets that are brought up, Chicago being one of them, but I think, you know, with, with us kind of being like a gray area, it gives us room to really build our own culture and it, it, it lets us, you know, create our own community and really just, you know, build things from the ground up. Where in LA or New York, it's kind of like there's a standard that's already set and in Chicago, it's like, you, you know, you put the bar where you want to be, you know, you, you make your own moves and you really have your own call on things. So, 
I just think Chicago is a great place to be right now because, you know, we now have a thriving culture in the creative industry and there's so much room to build onto it and there's a lot of room for people to still enter and, and, and you know, start their own brands and companies and movements. There's so much room and there's already so much, but, you know, there's not like this... Um, the standard that I was talking about, you know, like in New York and LA where it's, you need to have these connections to be connected here. You need to know this person to be placed with these names. And it's just like Chicago, you can come to an event and everyone's just together and there's so much collaboration to be done and there's not really too many standards that, that need to be met. I just feel like it's a lot of, um, there's a lot of open creativity and just room for, for people to come in and, and explore their creativity. And I feel like Chicago also is a lot about sharing here that you don't find in other cities. We share communities, we share ideas, we share each other's lighting person or set designer. Um, I also think that the success, the meaning of success here is a little bit different or probably different in every single city. And I know to some people it's successful if all of your friends show up and everybody meets somebody that they haven't met before where somewhere else maybe success is how much money you made that night and which media is posting about your event. So I think it definitely starts from the relationships that you can make at your events or the connections in general that you make here in Chicago. So what about for each of you, because I know everyone on this panel has different strengths and, and things that they do really well. So what are some mediums that work really well for each of you, whether it's events, online content, you know, however specific you want to get, but what lane works best for you and how did you find that that was the best tool for you? Because I think if you're in this audience or listening to this later, it might be a little intimidating because you're like, okay, well, do I want to make videos? Do I want to produce events? Do I want to start a blog? Like, you know, there's a lot of options. So how do you find the right thing? For me, it was online content. So doing web series really, uh, it made me a filmmaker. That's how I learned how to do um, all that stuff. And then I kind of moved into music videos and into TV. And I think I found that because I was looking for content that represented people that looked like me and the, the, the communities that I was, I were, I was invested in. Um, and I only found that really in web series. So like a series like Awkward Black Girl or um, The Couple and uh, Polyglots, like all of that stuff just like rep represented like black and brown and queer people and those are all the people that I vibe with and I couldn't find it in TV and I also had, like I didn't have a filmmaking background, right? I didn't go to film school. There was no door that to or a path that told me this is how you get your stuff made on TV, this is how you get your stuff made in the movies. And for web series, it's the best way of like making your content and immediately, can you guys hear me? I'm sorry. Yeah. Immediately um, going out, getting it out to your, to your audience. And to me, that was like super powerful and it also like spoiled me a little bit. I think now that like I go into meetings for TV, I'm like, you can't tell me I can't do that. Like I've been doing it for three years. Like, who are you? Um, <laughs> but now like I'm learning how to like, how to walk that line now. But like, for me, web series was a super freeing and, uh, and, it, and it's where I cut, cut my teeth and was able to experiment and explore uh, filmmaking. Yeah, I think that um, my lane, I, I discovered that by basically just having to do everything. You know what I mean? We don't have investors at VAM. Um, we've done it all by ourselves, which is really, really empowering. Um, but it, it's been a struggle, you know what I mean? But in, in going that route, um, we've had to learn to do 
everything that you can imagine in operating um, a production crew and producing content online from like doing graphic design ourselves sometimes to you know editing all of our video content and not outsourcing that um, to you know building our own website and figuring that shit out um, in doing that I've kind of learned exactly uh, what I'm good at and what I'm not so good at. You know what I mean? Um, so I think not having those opportunities of like a rich family to like throw you $50,000 to start your project or an investor to just feed you money um, helped us. And it's, it helped strengthen our um, aesthetic and our brand. Uh, so I've learned that branding and producing content is my thing. One of my hardest things in life is trying to stick to one thing. I find so many different mediums so intriguing and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna make this video and do this interview and then I'm gonna do <laughs> photography for the show but I'm gonna produce this event but create this campaign for this brand and consult this person on their website and create this website. And like Vince was saying, you learn to do all of these things but then eventually you need to gear your energy towards one thing if you want to evolve into something else or more and for me a lot of that has been managing or directing a lot of different projects in that way you can be a part of the photo the video the marketing and then also finding those different partners or those different people in your organization or in your group or friends to become a part of that and helping them um, to create the different parts like shooting your event, for example, and still helping to direct that, you still get to put in your different viewpoint on different mediums overall. I think it's really defining which medium you want to go with and then finding other collaborators, collaborators within that medium or different artists who are inspiring to you and reaching out to them if you do have a specific medium that you are interested in. But it's okay to be interested or good at a lot of different things. It's just learning how to deploy them and still evolving without working on so many different things at one time. Yeah, so there's, there's, these, all, there's all these different um, areas of content and you know, these different mediums, but how do you communicate it? I think that's like the main thing. So it's like I have all these great ideas. I have all these things ready to go. And, you know, these movements or whatever it may be, but how do I get it out there and how do I get people to pick it up and run with it and really, you know, want it and be a part of it, consume it. So, so I can't sit on the side of the street and pass out pamphlets. I guess that's not going to work. So I think the internet um, and social media is super, super important. And I don't know if I'm answering this question right, but um, I think social media is the biggest platform that you can have, especially our generation, you know, years down the road, it may not be as effective as it is right now, but right now I think our generation can just pick this up and run with it, and it's how I've gotten everything really kicked off, and it's the lane that I've taken. I've been able to communicate with people and, and get points across and get people involved through social media that I would have never been able to um, otherwise, so I think utilizing social media is, is incredibly important. And that, that actually leads again into my next question. And we're only going to do one or two more questions, and then we're going to open it up to questions from the audience, because you guys have been awesome, and, and everybody's been super, super, uh, like, very attentive, very uh, just great energy in here. And I know you guys want to ask questions. So 
I got two more. Uh, this first one's kind of a two-parter. Like, in terms of promotion, like let's say you've great, you've made this great video, you've written a blog post you're really excited about, you've got an event coming up you want to let people know about, you have something that you think is good. How do you break through the noise online? Because, or even in real life, like how do you promote in a way that actually captures people's attention and engages with them? Because there's so much noise online. I always, when people ask me this, or they'll ask like my press contacts or something, I just tell them what I what I did on the first season of You're So Talented is that I looked at um, blogs and publications that were writing up the web series that I really liked. Um, which there, at that point there weren't really that much like web series are, is like just now getting like press really um, But if anyone was writing up awkward black girl or the couple or anything like that or brought city even when it was a series I would just email them I'm like hey you like that you might like this um, and That is the way I don't know that's the way I did. I'm tired. I'm sorry You, you should put your content everywhere. So you have a show coming up you spread it all over social media, and then you know the kids around town are going to see the flyers posted on every you know boutique and every street sign, and et cetera, et cetera. So, I think just going out of your way to, like I said earlier, studying your demographic, knowing your demographic, knowing where they'll be with things. For instance, I have a short film coming out, and you know the social media feedback has been incredible. And I made sure that we got on all the publications where my demographic or supporters would check regularly. Um, so just make sure whatever you're trying to push or what, whatever it may be you're trying to get out there, everywhere they look, they'll see it. You know, so for, for a show, you have, you have it flooding social media. And then, you know, you go outside and stores they'd go to or, you know, streetwear, boutiques, or whatever it may be, they see the flyers in there, and you do ticket giveaways, and you do all these different ways to involve people in different forms is incredibly important. So I think uh, just really knowing your demographic and knowing where to place your content is really important as far as getting the word out there and really making something hit. Also, I, I think that social media is really important, but... Aside from social media, like actually engaging with every single person who said, oh, I'm interested in your event, if it's social media, or have talked to you about your event, or different collaborators within your community, and actually reaching out to them, giving every single person on that list a call, or a text message, or if you have to, a Facebook message. Um, specifically speaking to Canvas, what we've been doing for a long time is actually very much so connecting with every single person who's even interested in that event, even if it's a thousand people. And I think that's been really successful for us, not only just pushing stuff out on social media, and it's like some of us are so busy that we don't even look at social media anymore, and if we do, that's great. Um, but I think it's really connecting and like building that human connection. And I can say that I think it's with Canvas, all of our larger marquee events, every single one has sold out, and we've never spent more than $100 on pushing a Facebook advertisement or anything like that, and I truly think it's because that we've been engaging with our community and also people outside of our community that we don't typically connect with and building relationships. Do you guys, you guys, you said you text and call the people? Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. And, I mean, if there's a lot of people, I mean, it shows right there everybody who's interested in your event on Facebook. So you can Facebook message them if that's easier, if somebody doesn't have time. I think that, I mean, 
getting views and selling out events, it's cool, but I think you have to create content that speaks to the times. You know what I mean? Art is about speaking to the times, and if you're not doing that in each, in each avenue, then, you, then you're losing. I think, you, you know, another black man got shot. You know what I mean? Uh, you're the Women's March. Trump is fucking president. I want to see these DIY spaces and these production companies posting about that and speaking about it and, you know, using your voice to communicate this to your audience who, who wants it. They, they need it. So if you're not doing that, you're not really connecting. You know what I mean? Final question here before we open it up to the audience Q&A. Uh, for anybody in the room, anybody who's watching the stream, anybody who's listening to this later as a podcast, what are some steps that people can take right now? Because we've talked a lot about a lot of big, a lot of bigger picture stuff. A lot of like, you know, the process. But in terms of tonight, in terms of first steps, what can people do just to get going on that journey to actually creating something meaningful? How many people here are in college? Raise your hand. How many people here are two years out of college? How many people here never went to college or care to go at all? Okay. I would say that the very first step would be turning to somebody next to you, even though it kind of sounds lame, and saying hi and asking what they do. Um, part of my college experience was, and professional experience is literally turning to the person next to you and asking what they do. And they'd always be like, you never know who you're going to be sitting by next to you in five years. And networking is so important and this and that. And I was like, yeah, for sure, like definitely. And then I learned that it was, and five years later from college, I'm like, or from my first year at college, I'm like, oh, okay. So they're producing and directing all of Chance the Rapper's films, and they're Chance the Rapper's personal assistant, and they're creating a web series, and now they own a venue, or they're the head of directing for the Art Institute, and it's actually really amazing. What people grow into being, I think, that the first step is creating relationships with people that you actually vibe on their energy and people who are really genuine and from there listening to yourself um, and understanding what you want to see in the world and finding the people who have your same vision. I think it's like, it sounds corny, but it, it is really just doing it, right? Like, I think even if the work, you have to do all the work, right? Like, I had to do a bunch of shitty plays for years for me to find out that I didn't want to do theater anymore. It's true, I <laughs> saw know? a couple. <laughs> like, but I had to go through that. I had to keep, keep working and keep making stuff to know like, oh, oh, I do like this or I don't like this or there's a, there's a portion of this that I really enjoy or there's a portion of this that I really hate. Um, and until you, at, at least for people that are, are creating art, um, until you go through those motions and continue to make stuff and fail and succeed and all that stuff, you don't really know what your voice is. You don't really know where you're going to succeed in. Um, so before I like reach out to anybody, I have to make sure that I'm making work. And if that's writing something, then that's doing that. Like, before I started writing the web series, I was doing a bunch of live lit shows, just writing personal narratives and then sharing that in audiences. Audiences that had like 10 people in it, audiences that had you know, like the Green Mill or like a however, like packed Green Mill show, whatever. I did everything because I didn't know what exactly I wanted to do. I didn't know what medium I wanted to be in. Um, and if you're not creating work and you're just thinking about it, then you're just like everybody else, right? Like even a failed artist is still an artist, but if you're not creating the art, then you're not an artist, right? Like I feel like that's legit. That's real talk. Yeah. Um, 
I, I also think that the first step is also just believing in your ideas. You know what I mean? Have faith in what you've been, you know, conceiving in your head for months or years. Um, it, it is important in your narrative and your voice is it's it's valid, right? Um, I, I I think that in doing that, don't be afraid to offend people. Don't play it safe. Shake shit up. This is the time more than ever. So if you can do that, or if you aspire to do that, I think your your mission will be of a benefit to a larger group of people than you would have ever imagined. Um, so shake shit up, offend people, make people angry. You know what I mean? Like this is the time. Why not? We're young. We're beautiful, right? <laughs> Do it. <laughs> yeah, I think um, just uh, yeah. preparation. So there's a lot of people who are just sitting in their rooms. Like I know I want to do something, but I don't know what I want to do. I know I want to be something special. I know I want to affect people. I know I want to start this movement. So I think writing down your goals, short term and long term, is super effective. You know, preparing for a short amount of time, and then once it's it's time, just shoot for it. So I remember I was in high school in study hall, just writing down, jotting down ideas every day. And people were like, "What are you like? What are you doing?" And I was like, "I don't know, but I'm gonna do it." And I would just write down ideas all the time, all the time, all the time. And then when it was time to go, just shot for it, and then everything, you know, paid off down the road because I knew what I wanted to do because I planned it out and. When I say plan it out, that doesn't necessarily mean I knew everything I wanted to do step by step. It means I knew what my long-term goals were and I knew how I wanted to affect people and I knew that I wanted to make a movement. I knew I wanted to have this ripple effect. I knew what I wanted to do. I didn't know how to do it. So as I was going, I, would, I was learning with everything I was doing and then I would create my next step. So sometimes I didn't even know what my next step was and then sometimes I knew what I was gonna do for the next three months. So it's just kind of like, there's a lot of different phases you're gonna go through, but if you have a general idea and you map things out to a certain extent, or even if you don't have an idea what you wanna do, but you know you wanna do something, just really you just gotta shoot for it. And sometimes it's just, I'm gonna go into it with my eyes closed and you know my arms swinging. And then you know there's gonna be other times where you're completely ready for everything you're gonna do. But regardless, if you just have the passion, the push and the, you know, the, the courage and you know the drive for it it's all gonna pay off in the end yeah wow all right man uh let's give it up here we have sam bailey vince martell emily dahlquist and cole bennett thank you guys so much for an incredible panel tonight you've been listening to a production of dynasty podcasts find more dynasty podcasts at dynastypodcast.com for the dynamic dynasty, dynasty descend.